Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Almighty God, we come to you this night trusting in your mercy. So we ask you, our Lord, speak with your powerful voice. You are the one we need to hear. God, would you accomplish, would you execute your word among us? Make it alive in our hearts by faith. For you are great and very awesome. We need to know you as you are revealed in Holy Scripture. So come now and do this among us this evening. We pray in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. My sermon text this evening is from Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 12. But I begin in Acts chapter 2. You guys are familiar with this scene. The Apostle Peter, the text says, who is standing with the eleven. So the, the full twelve apostles are standing. And they're being accused of being drunk in this scene. But they're not drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. And Peter stood up before people from all nations. All nations. He declared that Joel's prophecy... Joel's day of the Lord had been fulfilled, was being fulfilled. The day became night. The earth quaked at the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is Joel's day of the Lord. It had come. And on that day, the day where Peter stood before all of Jerusalem, God's Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. Everyone who would call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The day of the Lord. Joel's day of the Lord is the day of the cross. Joel's day of the Lord is the day of the resurrection. The day of the Lord is the day of Pentecost where the Spirit was poured out. The day of the Lord is the day, as we say, and we'll say here in a few minutes, that Christ died Christ was risen and Christ will come again. This is the day of the Lord. In other words, Joel's day of the Lord is now. It's today. A similar phrase from the prophet Isaiah, the day of salvation. We heard that in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians this evening. Luke records that this day of salvation, the year of the Lord's favor, was accomplished when Jesus stood in the synagogue and he opened the scroll of Isaiah. He said, it's fulfilled in your midst. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians that now, that day, the day they received this letter, is the favorable time. Today is the day of salvation. In other words, God is imminent he is present. He is omnipresent. And he wants to be near to us. He has come. He is here. And he is coming again. This is the day of the Lord. So Joel's day of the Lord was imminent for Israelites in Joel chapter 2. 
who had just returned from Babylon. And the day of the Lord was imminent for the apostles as Peter declared its fulfillment in the midst of all the nations gathered there in Jerusalem. And the day of the Lord is imminent for us today. Today, Joel is for us. Joel chapter 2 and verse 1. The day of the Lord is coming. The day of the Lord is near. He begins. And in verse 12. Yet, yet even now, and hear this declared to you this evening. And yet, even now declares the Lord, return to me. Return to me. There are many threads that come together, that are weaved together in Joel's prophecy on that day. In Christ, there are many things that are weaved together. So tonight, on the day of the Lord, Ash Wednesday 2023, I simply want to pay attention to some of those threads that are coming together. There's a lot in Joel's prophecy, but I want to highlight three. And these three are on every page of Joel's prophecy. The first, two threads that are coming together in Joel's prophecy. Outward and inward. Outward righteousness and inward righteousness. Hand and heart. Outward and inward. Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. Hear this again. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with what? With all your heart. With all your heart. And with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments. With the prophet Joel, as we heard in our gospel reading from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus declared on the mountain, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them In other words, don't fast during Lent so that people will think you're holy. They won't. They won't think you're holy. God doesn't want you to tear your clothes. He wants to break in and tear your heart. Think of the language of Hebrews. He wants to cut deeply through bone and sinew. He wants to cut deep into our hearts with his word. Notice in our text, both Joel and Jesus call us to do righteousness, to do it outwardly. Return to me with all your heart and with fasting. This is is an external discipline. Jesus says in his sermon, when you give money, when you pray, when you fast. So Lent is a season for action. For acts of piety, outward righteousness. We need to to not not just say that we're Christians. We need to act like Christians. Don't just say you're generous. Actually be generous. This is what the text is saying. Don't just say that you'll pray for someone. Oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Actually do it. But do it in your prayer closet. Do it in secret. Get on your knees and fight against every distraction that comes even when you're alone. Even when the kids aren't breaking into the room. All the distractions and all the the trains of thought that lead you away. Get on your knees and pray. 
Don't be grumpy. Don't be a jerk to your wife and children when you fast. In your weakness, declare with Joel, I am a warrior. I am a warrior. Give me grace to not be a hypocrite. Joel calls us to be holy, and Jesus echoes the prophet. We don't, if we don't give our money away, we will be mastered by our money, Jesus goes on to say. We are called to pray out loud with others. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Give us today. It's a corporate prayer. We're called to fast, to give up good things because we are loved by a good God. So Lent is a season for pious action. But don't do it to be seen by others. Rend your heart and not your garments. The second two threads that come together in Joel's prophecy. Infant and elder. Infant and elder. Hear this from Joel chapter 2 and verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Throughout Joel's prophecy, and this starts at the very beginning, there's an appeal in verse 2 of chapter 1 to elders and to the children alike. And he calls all the people in the house of the Lord or else the household of God to listen, to hear the word of the Lord. And so kids, listen, hear this. Priests and all inhabitants of the land are called to prayer together in the household of God, in the household of the Lord. So go up the mountain into the house of God with the family of God, the entire household, and consecrate a fast. Don't feast upon the world's food. Feast upon the Lord who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast Love, elders and infants are made holy. They're consecrated together. They're made holy together in the house of God. In that day, Joel goes on to say, the mountains shall drip sweet wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley. In that day, today, the day of the Lord is now. Joel looks forward to the day when God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Upon not just sons, but daughters as well. On that day, the sign of the covenant will be given to male and female alike. Not just males only. Old men, young men, priests, nursing infants, masters, slaves, all together now in the household by faith and by the work of the Spirit. In the season of Lent, 
We will blow the trumpet of the gospel over and over again. And this is the gospel that Jesus is for every person. All nations, young and old, elder and infant, all flesh is invited into the house of the Lord on his holy mountain to drink sweet wine, to nurse upon the milk of the gospel, and to wade into the living waters of God in holy baptism. The third threads that are tied together in Joel's prophecy, bread and wine. Bread and wine is on every page from first to last. Joel's prophecy begins with the rebuke against God's people first. And notice this, against the household of God first, not the nations. Judgment starts at the household of God. Rather than bringing their grain offering, bread, and their drink offering, wine, to God's house for the Lord, they have cut off, Joel says, they have cut off their offering to the Lord and have become drunkards with the nations. The nations, later in Joel's prophecy, they trade a boy for a prostitute. This is powerful and provocative language. They trade a boy for a prostitute. They have sold a girl for wine. Israel have become drunk with the nations. And not only their vineyards are dried up, their gladness has dried up too. They are feasting in their abundance, in the abundance of their wealth. They're feasting. And they're not glad any longer. Sounds a little bit like our day, doesn't it? Rather than bring their grain and wine and oil as an offering to the Lord, they have become drunk in their abundance. And with the wicked nations, they're being crushed like grapes. This is the language of Joel's prophecy. Yet, yet, hear this good news. Joel chapter 2 in the middle of verse 13. Return to the Lord. This is the day of the Lord, Christian. Return to the Lord your God for, why should we return to him? For he is gracious and merciful. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger. He is patient with us. He is patient with you. And he is abounding in steadfast love. The foundation of the world is laid upon his steadfast love and he relents over disaster. Return to him. Return to him. And Joel asks this question in verse 14. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent? Who knows? And leave a blessing behind him. A grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Who knows whether God will relent? Who knows whether there will again be an offering of bread and wine in the house of the Lord? Who knows? Do you know? We do. We know this. Thanks be to God, Lent isn't hopeless. It's not hopeless. Everyone who comes with faith and repentance Elder and infant are invited to feast in the house of the Lord. This is the gospel 
or else the good news proclamation of our God showing up, showing up to rescue his wayward people. Our reading from Joel chapter 2 ends with a question. A priest intercedes on behalf of the people. And I don't, I don't want you actually to hear an Old Testament priest interceding, or else this guy up here, hear, hear the great high priest who right now intercedes on your behalf, fulfilling this. Hear this from Joel chapter 2 and verse 17. Let the priest weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord. And make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Verse 19, and the Lord answered this appeal. He answered, behold, behold, I, the Lord, am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. Verse 24, the threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. Verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. In my house you shall be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Praise God. My people shall never again be put to shame. Never again again will my people be put to shame. You shall know that I, the Lord your God, am in the midst of my people, in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no one else, and my people shall never again be put to shame. Does this sound like gospel? It is, Christian. This is the day of the Lord. So this Lent... We are invited at Joel's proclamation and Jesus' New Testament proclamation that fulfills and completes and echoes the voice of the prophets. Repent, turn away from our drunken stupor, and then come into God's house and feast on bread and wine and be glad. This is the only place where feasting leads to flourishing and gladness of heart. He is truly in our midst. He is among us. He is imminent. He is here. My people shall never again be put to shame. Never again, never again shall my people be put to shame. Because Jesus Christ was broken and he was poured out for you and for me. For all of us together here in the household of God. Therefore, let us both outwardly and inwardly, from the youngest to the oldest, let us keep the feast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.